Wagwan. Welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. We're back and better than ever, baby! Wait, 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 wait! A lot of shit has happened in the past few months that I've been gone. And you know what? I needed the break, alright? I did this shit through the COVID, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was coming out with episodes all the way up from two Septembers ago to... What was it? Two two months ago. See, it's just it's just been so much. There's just been so much, and you know I don't really want to get into it. Besides the fact that I signed a contract with somebody that I didn't know, and that's the main lesson that you need to learn. That I should have fucking been smart enough to figure out on my own, but I'm not smart. I'm philosophical, so it's like <laughs> it's definitely something that I've realized about myself is that like I want to say that I'm an intellectual because I enjoy reading and I enjoy actually thinking, you know what I mean? And, and, but I'm not, I'm not smart at all. Like I'm just a dumbass, but, uh, this can be proven, uh, on a few instances. Uh, one, that contract thing that I mentioned earlier. And the second, uh, I figured, you know, because I've been away so long, there had to be some reason for it and some story behind it. And I kind of wanted to get into it, uh, with the whole contract thing. I, I just, don't feel like I could do that. I don't think it's worth it. I just, there's just too much behind it. But I do want to give you another story that's equally as dumb of me to do. And I think there's, there's a lot that goes into it. So I think this could be a good prime example of how, again, I'm not, I'm not dumb, but I don't know if anybody's actually smart. This is one of the big realizations. So when you go through lessons in life, you have big realizations, and I've talked about them on the podcast before, and one of the big realizations is that nobody knows what the fuck they're doing at all. So, you know, I may not be exactly the brightest person ever, but, uh, you know, I just don't think anybody really knows what they're doing. I mean, that was shown with the whole COVID thing in itself, but that's a different topic. So anyways, the story is... I'm staying with my aunt in Virginia, right? Because, you know, the contract thing. I signed it. Anyways, staying with my, which was great. It, it was awesome. That's uh, another thing that I learned from this whole thing was that family is like so important in your life. Like no matter what, like no matter how bad I fucked, you know, I fucked up pretty bad, but no matter how, like even the juvie thing, you know what I mean? My family came there to support me in fucking court and jail and juvie. I mean, they, they could have disowned me. Uh, and I mean, I don't know if I would go through the same lengths that they did, but, um, <laughs> I really appreciate it. And, and then of course my aunt let me stay with her for like two months, like two or three months. It's like, these are people who have their own lives and I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to live here for a while. <laughs> but it was actually great because I mean, that was, I mean, that was for me like a very low point in my life again. And I've talked multiple times about, I mean, you guys have been with me through some big highs and lows. Uh, and being at my aunt's house, like in a place where I was super low and like basically, I mean, metaphorically like a hell of sorts that I was in, like with the whole thing going on. And this is my hell because the family that I was privileged with, my hell is some house in West, huge house where they have three ply toilet paper and cashews just sitting out the most expensive nut, just casually sitting out, sitting out in the kitchen um, actually, there's probably, like, a couple more nuts. I don't do nut research, but I'm, it's a bit I'm pretty nutty. sure cashew is one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive, but, um, they also had a dog, which was really cool. I've never lived with a dog before, so, you know, it was like a therapy type thing <laughs> that was going on there. But anyways, the point was that 
I was there and I went to go get groceries and my aunt texted me and she's like, hey, while you're out, there's a fucking national crisis with the gas. You should go fill up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Pull up to the first pump and there's two like handles. One of them was like diesel. And I'm like, all right, not that one for sure. Put the other one, put my card in, pull out the other one, put it in my car. Fill, you know, I was only halfway full. Fill all the way up until the point where it stops. Immediately it stops. And then the manager comes out, the manager of a shell, which I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, but you know, when you go get gas, you don't have to talk to anybody, but the manager comes out and she's like, sir, did you just fill your car with, with kerosene? And I was like, did I? Oh no, you see it, it's kerosene. And I'm like, who puts kerosene in a pump? And then doesn't distinguish i don't it should be like a bright red sign that's i anyways very very stupid move by me very dumb you know i didn't read again i was already pissed it was i'm i i acknowledged that it was a very dumb thing for me to do however i was extremely fortunate that day because in that moment your friendly neighborhood redneck uh was at the shell station and said I tell you what, buddy. So he was actually, <laughs> I tell you what, buddy. He was actually the one that like went and told, he saw what I was doing, told the manager first, then the manager came out to me. I wish he would have just come up and seen me. Probably wouldn't have filled my car up with as much kerosene, but you know, that's fine. But I can't, I can't say that. He, he came over and he's like, I tell you what, buddy, you ain't even start your car yet. So it's not, it's just sitting right there in the tank. You give me a hose and something to put it in. I siphon that gas right out there. And I was like, holy shit. And I, I mean, I was so shocked in the moment. I was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I'm pretty sure if I call AAA, they're going to just tow the car. You can't, like, they don't just, like, empty out the kerosene on the ground right there and pump it out. Which I called later and found out is exactly right. They would have towed it. The whole fucking thing. I would have told, I would have, in that moment, had to tell my aunt that I filled my car with kerosene. And she was already like, you're living with me because of stupid decision. And, and here we are. You just filled your car with kerosene. All right, cool. So I, uh, I didn't, I decided to kind of go with these hillbillies on this one <laughs> because they were offering, I, I've never siphoned gas from a car. I can't do it. They were offering to do it for me. And I was like, well, hell yeah, buddy, let's fucking go. And uh, they drove me over to the Walmart, and there, so it was like two buddies, and apparently one worked there, the one that came over uh, originally, and that's why he like was able to talk to the manager. And uh, then his buddy who drives cars fast and... You know, he drives on like a speed track. You know, I don't, I don't know what the technical term is. I feel really bad because there's a, there's whole worlds out there that I have no idea about. Like he was trying to tell me about some of the most famous like speedway racers and I just didn't even recognize a single name. I felt really bad. But, uh, but anyways, they drove me in their like super nice fucking like, 2021 v8 mustang that he like fixed up himself and like has all these special features and everything i'm like what is happening we're going to walmart and he's like you ever pulled a donut before buddy and i'm like what and he starts like he didn't do a full donut but he starts like like skirting oh my god it was actually really intense (laughs) we went to walmart and picked up two gas cans and then like a, a literal garden hose that we cut off with fucking a knife and they pull back out and so the the drifting was actually pretty cool because it was a nice car i felt safe and and warm on the inside with these nice people offering to help me out (laughs) and they were just drifting around and so 
We get back to the shell station and we start, we're just about to get ready to start pumping this, trying to pump this thing out. And a guy pulls up on the other side of the pump and almost does the exact same thing. A 30 some, maybe 40 some year old man almost did the exact same as me. It made me feel a lot less stupid. He started filling it and we were like, whoa, whoa, guy, 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 that's kerosene. He only, luckily he only put like 0.1 of a gallon in there or whatever. So he was fine. But you know, you know I, I'm just saying, I'm not the only one who has done this. And I don't think I'll be the last one either. Actually, I wasn't the last one. And that, that guy was the last. Anyways. So, yeah. Then they just fucking started sucking this kerosene out of the car. And they're like, man, I am getting a buzz. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The, 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 the thing is, like, it didn't even work. I felt so bad. Because <laughs> they were just trying. They got, like, a little bit. But apparently, this is a good FYI. Cars have, uh, like, safety features now. So that you can't siphon gas out of them. <laughs> um, but luckily, we uh, one dude just was smart enough to go to like advanced auto parts. This was like late at night, so he caught him right before they closed. But he got like uh, they're apparently they have pumps with like hoses on them, so we like put the pump in and we were like pumping it, and the shit was so slow because it can only go through a fucking cabin. <laughs> That's great. Anyways, got a pump, started pumping, and <laughs> the, the, the masturbation jokes were, were through the roof with this whole situation, pumping gas all, literally for hours, because you can only pump so much gas at one point, like, it has to go through the tube, and through the pump, and, you know, there's a whole thing, and, uh, they had a dab pen, which made the night a lot shit ton better for me, <laughs> and uh, again, it, they did a lot of the pumping, we were there until like 11, and the thing is, the pump fucking broke before we got all the shit out, and I mean, we figured, I, I, again, I put like six point something gallons in there, and we had filled these gallon things with like probably like six gallons, and we're like, so apparently the ratio of kerosene to gas is allowed to be under 20%. So I filled it all the way. We pushed the car to a better pump. And I filled it all the way up with gas. And I was like, I'm just praying to God that we got enough of it out. Because all the stuff on the top was kerosene. So all the stuff we got out, like even the last of it, was all kind of had like a reddish tint. And so I was just praying to God. We filled it up. And I got another like seven. We were like the bottom. We were hoping the bottom was mostly gas. And I filled it up and... I don't know, dude, I was just praying on my life, because, you know, worst case scenario, I start the car, and then we b blow up, so, that's tight, <laughs> so, you know, I get in the car, and I go to start it, and I'm, like, praying, and they're, like, standing back, right, and I start the car, and fucking just blows up, and I died, and I think I'm in heaven right now, because I'm making a podcast again, <laughs> long and the short is, life comes at you, <laughs> in shitty ways and the thing is i did i made the decision to sign the co contract i made the decision to not read and look for kerosene or to not you know there is some level of naivete that that goes into it but in reality i did those things so i had to pay the consequences and hear me out this is why i love philosophy because i 
I've recently been listening to a lot of Alan. Alan Watts has so many recordings, which is crazy. For a man who speaks so much truth and is so beautiful with his words, and he's from the 70s. There are just He must have known because there are so many recordings of everything that he's taught. But the point is, I love philosophy because when I listen to him, he's like, well, nothing... Yeah, I mean, you happen to the world, like, I made those decisions, like, that happens, but the world also happens to you, like, I didn't choose the person that, you know, the person kind of fell in my lap and I signed a contract with them, uh, again, like, could have read the kerosene thing or looked a little bit closer, but also, you know, the world, is, it, it, things, ha it, they also happen to me, so I love philosophy because it's, what he says is, it's two sides of the same coin, they happen to you, and you happen to them but the thing is everything is just happening so that's like all of alan watts's work and if you're interested in that it's funny it's not as profound when i say it but it's uh you know it's very again it helps me kind of rationalize um making really dumb decisions so anyways here i am now I found a place to live in Philadelphia for a really decent price. I'm still getting kind of screwed, but I'm living with it. And now I get to kind of move on, which is weird to say because I'm still in this thing in the contract for another eight months, which is going to be shit. But, um, but I have to attempt to move on with my life. And, and what's weird is that I clung to these things when I was uh, low, and oh my god, getting broken down like that, and, and kind of just getting beat up a little bit by the world is so weird, it's such a weird experience, like, I don't know, I, I've been addicted to watching the GameStop ticker, don't hate me, I think I brushed over it maybe um, a couple episodes ago, and I just... It's such a straight white male thing to do, and it's also such a mean thing to do, but the, the point is, I it, it was unhealthy how much I was obsessing over it. Like, I would just watch the ticker all day at work, and I mean, I was also going through a weird thing at work, because it was just like a rotation that everybody hated, and, you know, just all, all this shit adding up at once, and I became so unproductive and a fat piece of shit, and it feels so good right now to... To get back to at least trying to rebuild my life. And it's not the same. Like, that's the thing that's the shit and what kind of makes it hard to come back from something like that. Because when you come back, you think you're going to be like, oh, well, I had all these good habits set up. So as soon as I get back to my life, then I'll just start them up again and it'll be normal and easy. Uh, but the thing is, it's not even comparable. Like, I'm just completely in a completely different place right now. So I didn't even realize. I didn't even think about doing the podcast. I've been here for two weeks. I didn't even think about doing the podcast, which, again, months ago, uh, two months ago, I would have just been like every week. I'm like, all right, I got to pump this out. I got to do this. I got to, you know, and, and I, so I, I knew I was going to be productive again, but I didn't even think about putting like my last episode was called the elegance of routine. And I was like, not even thinking about putting a routine together. I, I, I've been watching movies the past few weeks, which is, I mean, 
a pleasure of mine. And, you know, there's an adjustment period that I think you should allow yourself. But, I mean, I've been in a low for the past two months and, you know, allowing myself to become a fat piece of shit um, because, you know, rightfully so. And I didn't fully become. I still worked out and whatever. But, yeah, I just wasn't stimulating my brain. I wasn't being productive. I wasn't working on any creativity or barely any reading um i before like before everything hit i was talking to all my friends on the phone like every single night i talked to one or two people for 45 minutes to an hour and a half walking around and everything and and then again putting the podcast together um and going out on the weekends and whatnot and when i moved back in here it was like i mean i was just so tired I, and, and i did one thing that i've always stuck to i know i know my dream is starts with stand-up comedy at least um i don't know what the dream is but i know that i love stand-up and i know i want to do it so that's the one thing i moved in the first tuesday i was there i got to come back and i do want to kind of get into that a little bit actually but i want to gloss over this routine thing and kind of wrap it up a little bit better because it's i was again i was in such a fucked up place uh mentally and and honestly not even that bad because of the whole family thing that, again, I learned to appreciate family so much. Um, but I, I, I came back and, and in this mindset of like, Oh, I'm going to get back into it. I'm going to kill it. And then I still just didn't remember who I was. You just forget who you are. Like again, because it's not, it's not who you were, but it's who are you going to be after this thing happens to you? Like you may know yourself now, I mean, there are people who know themselves when they're 35 and then something happens. You know what I mean? Like years down the line when your spouse dies or when you have a baby or when, I mean, there's good things and bad things that happen, but it's these life lessons and life journeys and big things that happen to you. And you, you, you get, you get away from yourself. And when you get away from yourself, you, you lose yourself. That's what they say. But yourself while it's gone it starts to change it should change changes form and everything and so it's almost like it doesn't come back to you who you are you have to you have to work it's gone you have to go find it and you have to go find what it's become and and getting there is just I mean, tiring for me, especially like having a history with depression I can feel it I can feel the weight of it and I can feel how tired I am a lot of the time, but mentally I'm extremely capable of realizing what that is and kind of separating from it a little bit. It it, it does get to me still, you know, at least a couple times a day, but when I'm able to separate from it, I'm like, listen, man, you just went through a thing you're coming back, you know, and, and you got to bounce back. And you know what? You did stand up. You've done, you've been here for three weeks and you did stand up three times. All right. Like that's not nothing. And you could be doing a lot more, <laughs> but you know, there's, I mean, what's really the rush? I, obviously I think a lot of what the rush is, is so that you can settle down earlier or so that you can feel more fulfilled or something, but it's not about if you're forcing life, if you're forcing feeling fulfilled, then it's not going to end well for you. I don't, it's not really a good way to put that besides, 
you know, to, to reference people that might be able to put it better than I am, listen to Feels Like Summer by Childish Gambino. His parents telling their children, please slow down. You know what I mean? Like, you're if you're rushing through everything, you feel like you're getting all this stuff in, but at the end of the day, you're just spending half of your mental energy thinking about how much it's going to suck being there, how much it sucks doing it, how much you wish you'd rather be home just doing nothing watching netflix and eating ice cream and we've talked about this multiple times in the past and it's all about balance and i think i'm just rambling at at this point it's my first episode back so you know bear with me here as i regain consciousness and kind of remember how to articulate a little bit it's another thing i've I've talked about this with a, a friend all the time where it's like when uh, when you're in like when we go back to our hometown we just become so dumb <laughs> like we can't find the words we can't articulate ourselves very well and we become just like i don't know we fall into old habits but also your brain just isn't stimulated you're not exposed to different people's way of talking and you just become like but uh Anyways, this is gonna be an ass. this is gonna be asked to edit. So, but 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 the point is, coming back to life and coming back to reality, your mind starts to work again. You start to articulate a little bit better, and you know. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's like reworking my brain up to actually do things again and actually articulate. Like it's 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 exciting. <laughs> it's exciting, but also it just seems like a whole journey. But that's why they say that it's not how you deal with being low, but it's how you deal with getting back up again. And uh, I think there's multiple steps, and I think this is at least a step in the right direction, even if it seems tiring right now. I think it'll get me back to, again, I mean, even just talking. I feel like talking for this long into a microphone, I haven't done it in so long, and, and it really does feel like I'm stirring. <laughs> I'm feeling feeling something down there. <laughs> I have a raging clue. Ooh. Oh, I just started getting a clue. Really? Yeah, I'm totally getting a clue. Oh. Oh, that's giving me a clue. Yeah, 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 I've got a raging clue right now. So, to reference Hannah Gatsby, you know, it's all about your resilience, right? Coming back, standing up again, doing what you want to do, getting back to remembering who you are and what your truth is. And to reference Chubbawamba, if you get knocked down, you gotta get knocked back up again. Knocked up? Is that how that goes? Um, Anyways, thanks for listening. I think I'm gonna wrap it up here just because I listened to everything I recorded. I was rambling for a little bit, but I think that's what I needed to get out. And I'm sorry I was up on the microphone and it got a little uh, smudged, but... You know, it's not a perfect podcast. This isn't a grand reopening of like a restarting thing. This is uh, this is me continuing what I was doing, uh, re-expressing my truth, getting back up again. Thanks, Chubbawamba. And also thank you, listeners, because, you know, you've been with me through a lot. If you have been with me, if not, this whole episode is going to seem completely boring and irrelevant to you, which it might either way, to be honest. But uh, I do have some new content. I've met some new people being back in the city. Uh, I did like I wanted to get into the stand up thing a little bit more, kind of talk about that experience. But I think that's just going to be for a different time. And um, I appreciate you listening. Thank you. Have a good week. I love you. Amen. Okay, bye.
I, uh, I told my mom that I fully shaved my head and, uh, she was very upset. Um, she didn't, she didn't just cry. She, she bawled, b ball, ball. <laughs>